0: Oh, you did not have a home there were places you visited frequently you took off your shoes and scratched your feet because you knew that the whole world belonged to me you did not have a home no you did not have You did not take it wide. There were pretty maids all in a row. Who lined up to touch the hem of your robe, but you had no place to take them. So you did not take it wide. No, you did not take it wide. Birds. Had Begins. The hope of the whole world rests on the shoulders of a homeless man. You had the shoulders of a homeless man. And you did not have it And you did not have a Birds have nets Foxes have danced The hope of the whole world rests On the shoulders of a homeless man Yeah, the shoulders of a homeless man And you did not have it.
1: Good morning and welcome. It's Pam Sunday. You're in Fitzroy online. If you're a Fitzroy member, it's good to see you, even though I really can't see you at all. And if you're an associate member around the world, we're loving having you. And it's great to get the messages in during the week, but how you connect it with us and some of the connections you have with Fitzroy back through time. It's great. Thank you for sending your messages and connecting with us in that way. Welcome to the Holy Week, the week of the Passion, um, and there will be lots of things happening this week. Starting with tonight, we have our travel narratives in uh, in Lent. We've been going through uh, Luke's travel narratives um, from chapter 9 through to 19. Uh, teachings of Jesus as he was heading towards Jerusalem. And uh, members of our congregation have been sharing out of different passages their own journeys of faith, and it's been spiritually very stimulating. If you haven't watched any of those, they're all there online. And um, tonight is a special going into the week ahead, and I've been told by the production team it's a beautiful way to go into Holy Week. So tonight at 7 o'clock going live, our Lenten Reflections, the Travel narrative, and Luke, 7 o'clock. Use us while you can and the resources that are out there. Then Friday night, 7 o'clock again, going online at 7, we will have a reflection on Good Friday, although as I like to call it, Discomfortable Friday because the goodness of Friday doesn't seem to be in the moment. It seems to be something that we've experienced later on. So uh, please um, take a chance to listen to that. There'll be songs, there'll be poems, there'll be readings, and there'll be prayers, uh, a chance to just on Friday reflect on what's going on in the week that is in it. And then next Sunday morning right here, we will have a... Spe- spectacular, exciting celebratory uh, Easter Sunday, the risen Christ, 11 o'clock. Fireworks going off in the months, I wish, Uh, but uh, no fireworks, but hopefully spiritual fireworks as we come to see just the, the hopefulness of Resurrection Sunday and that surprise that Mary had when she looked and said, Notice Jesus said Mary. I mean, oh, what a moment in time that is. We'll be thinking about all those things next Sunday. There'll be different things happening during the week as well um, that I that I hope you'll maybe engage with either on Facebook or on my blog or uh, on the site. Uh, look out for them. Next Sunday morning, though, we're going to have a little bit of a special. Uh, it's not a dawn service because it's a little after dawn. It's not the online service, because that happens at 11, and that's the main service that all of us can watch. It's a gathering in Fitzroy. For those of you, uh, I'm aware that this is a very unlevel playing field for... COVID is a very unlevel playing field for everybody. And some people have uh, got by on this substitute that is... Uh, online it's not the gathering that we play Doug's song quite a lot to remind us of what it was to gather as a congregation it's not that we're nowhere near that again we're dreaming and praying for it and hoping for it but we're not going to be anywhere near that yet um, but there, there are some of you, and I know that you're just longing uh, to gather together. You, you have just a, a need to do that. And so that is uh, next Sunday morning in Fitzroy at 9.30 in the morning, uh, somewhere between dawn and our 11 o'clock service. There will be music and reflection by Ian Hart. And it's an opportunity for you, as I say, uh, to come together uh, in the, in that way. You will need to register for it. So at 12 o'clock, after you should have stopped listening to this then you can start registering for that service and um, then you'll get instructions for what happens arriving next week and how you get in and the social distancing and all the different things that have to happen for such a gathering. So if you want to meet in Fitzroy, if you want to gather, then 9.30 on Easter Sunday morning, register with Roberta. Mm, That's a lot of announcements. Let's prepare ourselves for Holy Week and the week that is ahead. Let us pray. Lord, as we enter this indeed holy week, a sacred week, where you sacrificed your life, where you rose again from the dead. We pray that it would be a week of spiritual stimulation, where you would come and meet with us where we are in our journeys of faith. Where you would put your arm around us where we are, where you would love us where we are. But then you would use these events, these events that are so precious, and that you would use the energy of them in order to push us forward, not loving us just as we are, but making us into who we can be. May this week be special for each one of us, in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Today, I focus our prayers on Bangladesh, which this week celebrated 50 years as an independent country. It was a country which was our family home for 11 years. We lived in Dhaka, Bangladesh, where we worked with the Church of Bangladesh and with the Mennonite Central Committee. Bangladesh is one of the world's most populated countries, and yet in the last three and a half years, it's become home to over a million Rohingya refugees, who have fled Myanmar since 2017. This week, a massive fire tore through a Rohingya refugee camp in southern Bangladesh, killing at least 15 people, injuring over 500 and displacing a further 45,000 people as their shelters were destroyed. So today I focus my prayers on Bangladesh for those living in the slums of Dhaka and in the refugee camps in the south. You may have other places and people in need of protection on your heart to pray for, and I invite you to join with me as I pray these words of protection. Eternal God, thank you for the diversities of cultures that you have created. For hospitality, kind welcomes, and vibrant, resilient people. We pray for those around the world who are in need of your protection. Protect those living in fragile situations in refugee camps, in slums, in crowded homes, where life is unpredictable, where the rule of law has diminished meaning, where lives and livelihoods are at risk. May they know the protection of their everlasting saviour. Protect those who live with fragile health, where the risk of disease and illness are real, where bodies are weak and frail, where access to medicines and care are limited. May they know the protection of their everlasting saviour. Protect those who live in fragile homes, where living in makeshift shelters has become the norm, where there is no heating in the winter nor cooling in the summer, where animals and insects roam free. May they know the protection of their everlasting saviour. Protect those who seek to serve in these situations May you fill them with your love and compassion each day. May you give them wisdom in their serving. May you give them refreshment and renewal when they grow weary. May they know the peace and protection of you, their everlasting Father. Amen.
3: Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders... And the teachers of the law made their plans. They bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate asked Jesus. You have said so, he replied. The chief priests accused Jesus of many things. So again Pilate asked him, are you not going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus gave no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the feast to release for them a prisoner whom the people had chosen. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The people came up to Pilate and asked him to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him but the chief priest stirred up the people to have Pilate release Barabbas instead what then shall I do with the one you call the king of the Jews asked Pilate crucify him they shouted why said Pilate What crime has he committed? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Then Pilate, wanting to satisfy the people, released Barabbas to them. And after he had been flogged, delivered Jesus over to them to be crucified. And the soldiers took him and led him into the palace, that is, the praetorium, Into the common hall. And they called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him. And twisted together a crown of thorns. And set it on him. Then some began to call out to him. Hail king of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with their staffs. And spat on him. And falling on their knees, they paid him homage. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to be crucified. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross, They brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull. There they offered him wine mixed with myrrh but he did not take any. And they crucified him dividing up his clothes they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. And the written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They also crucified two robbers with him. One on his right hand, the other on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their head and saying, So you who were going to destroy the temple and build it again in three days come down from the cross and save yourself in the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves he saved others but he can't save himself let this Christ this king of Israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe and those crucified with him also heaped insults on him At noon, darkness came over the land until three o'clock in the afternoon, that is the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those present heard this and said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to him to drink. Now leave him alone, he said. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain hanging in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and when the centurion who stood at the foot of the cross heard his cry and saw how he died he said surely this man was a son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance. Among them was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee these women had followed Jesus and cared for his needs many other women were there who'd also come up to Jerusalem with him it was the preparation day that is the day before the sabbath so as evening approached Joseph of Arimathea a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body Pilate was surprised to learn that Jesus was dead already. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if it was true that Jesus was already dead. And on hearing from the centurion that it was true, he gave the body to Joseph. Joseph went out, bought some linen cloth, took down the body of Jesus, wrapped it in the linen and laid it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone against the entrance to the tomb and went his way. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw the place where he was laid.
1: this week how old do you have to be to remember the old fruit pastels ad about putting one in your mouth and sucking it without chewing it it was an old challenge they gave us back in the day when tv advertising ingrained itself into your brain that you still sing the tunes now and anybody under 50 don't understand a thing that you're saying it was that Add of challenge where you take a fruit pastel, you put it in your mouth Can you? They're so good that you gotta get into them straight away. It's very difficult to get through it without you. So I was thinking that this week when I sneaked one of Janice's because I'm off chocolate for Lent and I thought I can have one of those to put it in my mouth and I thought, no way, gotta just forget the idea of sucking that without you in it. And I was thinking about the sermon. Could I go through a sermon? Could I go through Holy Week sermons without preaching? Now, I know what you're saying. That seems a contradiction. Could you play a game of soccer without playing football? Um, no. I, what I mean by that is, I thought it would be amazing on Holy Week, just in today's sermon, Friday's Reflection, next Sunday, just to take us into the tax, not necessarily unpack it with application as much as getting us to be CSI investigators putting the tape across these passages and going in behind the tape and just looking at the minutiae of what happens in these passages, particularly Mark 15 that Philip does so well. But Mark 14 and, you know, Mark concentrates the most of his, a percentage of his gospel on the passion. Could we just go in there without the applications, there are applications at the end of this, but that's what that's what I'm really trying to do. Uh, and and Mark 15 might intrigue you because Mark 15 is not Palm Sunday. And this is Palm Sunday. Mark 15 is very much about Good Friday. And the reason for that in the lecture is that many churches don't have a Good Friday service and will not have one this year. We'll have a reflection online and it won't be the same as a service. So the only way to get a preach uh, about the cross would be to do it the Sunday before Resurrection Sunday next week. And so I went into Mark 15 and to be fair a good bit of 14 and I started just to think it would be really interesting just to get us into that space and reflect on the characters and what we might pick up from the characters. Um, And I was taken by one commentary I read that, that really did this. They asked the question, well what were the reasons that Jesus died? And... They looked at all the different people that were causing the death of Jesus, Good Friday or Uncomfortable, Discomfortable Friday, as I like to call it instead. There was different people that caused this event to happen. Let's get behind the CSI tape. Let's see who your suspects are as to how Jesus ended up on a cross. And the first ones are the feelings of his closest followers. The disciples simply at this stage let Jesus down. They weren't there to defend him and they certainly, one of them particularly, betrayed him. At the time he needed them, they couldn't stay awake while he prayed. Peter denied him and there's even a story of somebody running naked to try and avoid the arrest scene. His friends... then there's others here that may be suspects. Jesus died because of the mechanism of religious and secular powers, his enemies. And by this stage of his life Jesus had built up many, many enemies. There were the religious leaders who weren't at all impressed from the get go. The religious leaders who just knew that something different was in the air and it must be heresy because it was new and it didn't fit in with their ideas of soundness or behavioural patterns that they had set, their way of making themselves exclusive and righteous and self righteous to those who weren't part of their gang. This Jesus seemed to be coming with some new stuff, with some. Unpacking of the Old Testament in ways that they didn't quite like. He was even testing the the powers of the laws of the Old Testament at certain times. And they just didn't like it. The, 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 The religious were certainly behind this death. But as well as that, there was the empire. Pilate. Pilate went for the Pax Romana And peace in the parish rather than pursuing justice. He even washed his hands of this because he wasn't really quite sure, and certainly his wife wasn't quite sure that this was justice. And then he tried all these leverages to try and set Jesus free because he was quite convinced. But Pax Romana, the peace of the empire under his watch, was more important than justice. So his disciples betrayed him, denied him, ran away. The chief priests and the Pharisees, they were determined to take him out, the religious of his day. And the empire, closely engaged with all of that, knew that he was setting himself up as the king of the Jews. And so there was a threat. There was a threat to empire. There was a threat to religious leaders. And these things all came together in order to put Jesus on a cross. And yet there's something else going on here. Because in the midst of all of that, which I think puts Jesus on a cross, there is a Jesus who's willing and prepared to go with that. To go with the betrayal. To go with the injustice. To go with whatever all these things are around him that are taking him to the cross. He's willing to go with it because he is not giving up his life other than by his own desire. Nobody's taking it from him. He's doing it. There is something In God's mysterious plan of redemption, there's something in God's mysterious plan of salvation. There's something in God's mysterious plan of peace and justice and a new kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. That seems to suggest that Jesus needs to be broken like bread and fed. Or his blood needs to be poured out and drunk where he'll be silent when he's accused, where he'll not put up a fight, where he will willingly do the mysterious will of God in being part of all that the CSI investigation sees of all the people that are trying to put him on this cross. Maybe it's a reminder of all the things that are still real among us. Trusting those that are closest to Jesus, they may not be infallible, in fact, they are very fallible. Those who think they have the religion and the theology, we only have to go back to Herod's reading of it and the use and misuse of it to try and kill the babies, under two to get at Jesus even at that stage to know that we can't always trust those who have the keys to the theology, the keys to religion. An empire just don't want this other kingdom. The empire do not want a kingdom that is alternative and radical and upside down Empire does not need a kingdom that is meek, a kingdom that is humble, a kingdom that gives itself up for others. Empire needs power. Empire needs us to be seeking after wealth and all the other things that empire is about and the empire thrives on. They don't want the god of the manger of the donkey on this Palm Sunday of the towel, of the washing of feet during this next week or the breaking of bread or the cross. They don't want a god of the manger, the donkey, the towel, the broken bread and the cross. Empire cannot deal with the kingdom of God. All these things, all these things are still alive and rich among us. So as we survey the events of this week, as we survey what happens on Palm Sunday and then the events thereafter, where do we find ourselves? What are the things that strike us? What is going on in this incredible mystery? Because something incredibly bad happens for all this goodness to happen something really wrong happens that something can be right it is wrong that Jesus should die on a cross Jesus is innocent Jesus was done in by false witnesses it is wrong that he should be crucified And yet in the midst of that injustice in all that is wrong in the universe this week somehow goodness prevails. I said I couldn't really talk us through this without preaching in the end. And there's two things that really... um, Speak to me as I, in a CSI way, kind of survey this scene. Two things struck me. I talk a lot about how the scriptures and the gospel um, caress and collide with our lives. And there's a part of what we've just gone through there and all the things that have put Jesus on a cross. There's something about these events and something about Jesus' death that we'll reflect on on Good Friday that caresses with my heart. Jesus has taken on the powers of empire and religion. Jesus has taken on the brokenness of his friends who couldn't stay awake and betrayed and denied him. Jesus has died for the world to take another gospel writer's words, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus has died that whosoever, whosoever being me, would believe, should not perish but have everlasting life. The bread broken for me. The wine poured out for me. How I long to be able to share that sacrament with you again. The veil is torn and ripped in two that we might have access to a holy God again. Oh, how that caresses And warms my soul this week. That incredible, lavish love of God in these events. But there was something else that collided. And boy does it collide. Because you see, these are the events of Jesus. And Jesus said to us, follow me. We lean into the cross. If we lean into Gethsemane, if we lean into the Last Supper, if we lean into the washing of the disciples' feet, if we lean into those moments where Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. If we lean into these events in a CSI way, we discover not only God's incredible love for the world and for us, but we see how God wants Us to live. Follow me. Follow me. This is the collision of the following. Just by chance on Friday at our Four Corners Planning meeting, we were talking about sacredness and scared, scared. Sacred, scared, and sacrifice—I think were words that were thrown in at one stage, and I—I I think it was Jim, always Jim Deeds, who—who who suggested that for the first time I thought about this—that that the—it's that, 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 that not difficult to think about Stockman, you know. Just think, and you'll get this. Sacred, sacrifice—they're from the same base, and it seems to me that what happens here is that. The 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 this the, the, which means set apart. That's that's the root of that. Um, is something of holiness, the sacred, the holy. And then I started to see that the sacred, the holy, was in sacrifice. In sacrifice, and these chapters fourteen and fifteen of Mark are like a poem that demonstrates the love of God and calls us to discipleship in the same love of God as we set ourselves apart for a holiness that means that we would sacrifice what? What is our sacred giving? What in the depths of our lives needs to be sacrificed for the common good of our neighbour and our enemy and the world Jesus makes it very plain he sacrifices everything for the common good of his neighbour, his enemy and the world and if we're listening and watching the CSI events of the week that is to come what a week it is to just ponder To walk around and nudge this scene. The people and the events. And see in it, first of all, please see in it. The caress of God's love because Jesus was willing in these events to break himself up and feed us. To pour himself out and cleanse us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But then the Jesus who says, in the midst of a week like the one we're about to have, follow me, follow me, the sacred, the sacrifice on a cross. glory You for watching Fitzroy Online as we go into the week that is in it. Let us come together as a community in different houses, and different streets, in different cities, in different countries around the world right now made one by the events that are taking place in the week that is ahead of us. Let us come together as a community of faith, faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and let's As we go into the week, pray a benediction over each other. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.